Hey, grown-ups! Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. We're a vegetarian household over here, and there were tons of delicious options over at Factor. I highly recommend. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash tales50, T-A-L-E-S 50, and use code tales50 to get 50% off. That's code tales50 at factormeals.com slash tales50 to get 50% off. Hey grown-ups, if you could imagine the perfect education for your tailblazer, what would it look like? You might say hands-on learning, small class sizes, deep reading, open discussion, and for many of us, that list includes a personal one-on-one tutor. That kind of personal attention can accelerate their grasp of difficult concepts. The problem is, tutors can be astronomically expensive, and tutor quality can vary widely. That's where Synthesis Tutor comes in. It's an educational AI that can bring your student from an average to exceptional grasp of mathematics. The tutor works like a human tutor would, slowing down in areas where they're struggling and speeding up when they're gaining momentum. Except, unlike a traditional tutor, Synthesis Tutor is always available and is just $29 a month. Visit synthesis.com slash girltales to get 10% off and begin learning with Synthesis Tutor today. Hey grown-ups, Women's History Month is sneaking up on us and we want you and your tailblazers to join in the celebration of the amazing women who have broken barriers, shattered glass ceilings, and made history. But hey, we're not just looking back, we're also cheering on the future history makers, our very own tailblazers. Here's how you can join in on the celebrating. Grab your phone or tablet and record a quick 10 seconds or less of an audio message. Your tailblazer can tell us about a woman that they admire who changed history. Or you, the grown-up, can give the tailblazer an empowering message about how they will change history. We'll feature these recordings on our Girl Tales episodes all through March. This opportunity is available to our awesome Patreon members on Team Alba or higher. You'll find the instructions on how to send us your recording on our Patreon page. Happy Almost Women's History Month. Hey, Tailblazers. I'm Rebecca Cunningham, and this is Girl Tales a kid's podcast of feminist stories for a new generation. Before we get started, I'd like to wish a very happy birthday to Cece from her dogs, Lily and Lucy. And I'd like to wish some very special shout outs to Mira and Saskia, Zoe and Ellie. Mira, Saskia, Zoe, Ellie, and Cece, thank you all so much for listening to Girl Tales. Grownups, if you would like to hear your child's name at the top of our next tale, 
head to patreon.com slash girltales and donate today. Now on to our episode. This is The Secret Banyan. Enjoy! I'd like to tell you about a friend of mine. To tell you about her, though, we have to travel back in time to 1947, to India, in a village called Taja Pani, a village that had the largest banyan tree in the whole world. A banyan tree is a tree that not only grows tall, it also grows wide. And the great banyan in this village covered three and a half acres. Underneath its large, glossy leaves and in between its knotty roots, the villagers sought shade from the sun, whispered secrets, told jokes, and set up a market where they sold everything from garam masala to saris of every color. Everything that happened, happened under the Great Banyan. And if you were to step underneath it and look up, you would see a nine-year-old girl named Shilpa sitting on its branches. <laughs> From the Great Banyan, she'd watch her neighbors below as she talked with the lizards, peacocks, snakes, and all the other animals that called the Great Banyan home. Yes, Shilpa could talk with animals. She knew everything about their lives. What they ate that morning, who was in love with who, and who was fighting. The animals in the Great Banyan were her best friends. Shilpa didn't live in the Great Banyan, of course. She lived in a home with her parents just up the path in Taja Pani. Shilpa loved where she lived. As far as she was concerned, there was no village on earth like her village. She would live there forever if she could. But, unfortunately, that would not be the case for Shilpa. Because in August of 1947, a tumultuous event occurred. Tumultuous means a feeling of fear and chaos. You see, Shilpa's country, the place she and her family called home, was being divided into two. And with her home, her village, her country being divided, everything inside of that was divided too. And her family was no exception. Shilpa's parents made a quick decision, a decision that I can assure you was made out of love. They didn't know what would come next, and they wanted what was best for Shilpa. So they sent her to live with her uncle, Ashwin Singh, in America. And Mr. Singh lived in a little town I think you know very well. Freshwater. Now, I never met Ashwin Singh. He lived in Freshwater before I moved here. But if you were to look out of the window from my home, you could see a very, very large house at the top of a large hill that looks over our whole town. In 1947, there were no trees or plants around the house, just a cold, solid gray building. And that's where Ashwin Singh lived, and seldom left. As you can imagine... Leaving her parents, her village, and her home was the hardest thing Shilpa had ever done. The great Banyan and her animal friends were her whole world. What would she do without them? 
It was all so unfair, and it filled Shilpa with a great sadness and anger. She felt as if she couldn't control anything in her life, except maybe one thing. Her voice. She swore she would never speak again, unless she found herself back in Taja Pani. Just four weeks later, after a long journey in a carriage, a train, a ship across the Pacific Ocean, and another train across all of America, Shilpa found herself on that very large hill, looking over freshwater, in front of the giant gray house. There was not even a small tree or any animal to be seen. This was awful. A very tall man in gray clothes greeted her. Hello. He said solemnly. It was Ashwin Singh, her father's elder brother, Hertea. Shilpa looked up at him, squinted her eyes, and said, Nothing. Very well, then. I prefer not to talk. This way, please. He said as he grabbed her suitcase and made his way through a great hall. Shilpa followed behind, her footsteps echoing throughout the house. The house, as I said earlier, was enormous, but it was as cold on the inside as it was on the outside. You could see the dust drifting down as the sun tried its best to shine through the windows. It was as if no one had lived there, even though Shilpa was fairly certain her uncle did. As she followed him up the steps, she noticed on each wall was a mural. That surprised Shilpa. There was hardly any decoration elsewhere. She was moving quickly past the murals, but she did get the chance to notice how detailed they were. Almost beautiful. But they were faded and gray, just like the rest of the house, and she couldn't quite figure out what the paintings on the wall actually were. As they reached the top of the stairs, her uncle turned to her. He pointed to the left. You are not to enter this wing of the house. It is strictly off-limits. Then he pointed to the right. Follow me this way. And then he opened the door to a room. This is where you will sleep. I will bring you a cup of chai and some food in a few minutes. I imagine you hungry after your trip. I expect quiet in this house, Shilpa. Please keep the noise to a minimum. Good day. And he closed the door and left her there. This was awful. Chilba looked around the room. It was as gray and barren as the rest of the house. There were more murals on these walls, too, but again, she couldn't quite figure out what they were. In that moment, Shilpa remembered how far away she was from her home, from her banyan tree, and from her parents. She began to weep. She dragged herself to a bed in the corner of the very large room and cried herself to sleep, even though it was the middle of the day. She woke only when she heard her uncle leave her food and her cup of chai outside the door. But she was in no mood to eat, so she fell back asleep. Shilpa stayed in that bed for days, refusing to eat, refusing to speak, refusing to leave. The food piled up outside of her door, and sometimes her uncle would knock and ask if she was all right. She'd roll over in bed and keep quiet never answering him. From time to time, Shilpa would wake and look out the window. She would see the town down below, 
but the vast area around the house was empty. It was the very opposite of Tajapani. Feeling defeated and lonely, she would fall back asleep. And one night, her life in this house that was full of nothing suddenly changed with a tap on her bedpost. Shilpa woke with a fright and opened her eyes. The room was dark and she couldn't quite make out what was making the noise. She lit a candle next to her bed. Was she hallucinating? Because there on her bedpost was a little bird. So you are real, the bird said. The other birds told me a little girl moved in here, but I didn't believe them. No one else has been here but Mr. Singh since... Well, since when? Shilpa almost asked, but she caught her tongue and remembered her oath to never speak again, unless she was in India. Oh, you don't talk, I guess. But I know you can understand me, can't you? Shilpa stayed silent. Well, that's no trouble. I'm happy to do all the talking. I'm poor V. Welcome to Sing Estate. That's the name of this house, you know. Shilpa shook her head. Oh, you didn't know? Well, now you do. Mr. Singh built it with his own two hands. There used to be grand parties here that all of the animals and people in Freshwater would attend. They'd last until the wee hours of the morning. It was marvelous. That is, until... Well... Again, Shilpa wanted to know what the bird was talking about. There were parties here? In this drab house? Why did they stop? Her curiosity almost got the best of her, but she remained silent. As those questions ran through her head, Porvi flew out of the room and down the hallway. Shilpa grabbed her candle and chased after her. As she ran, she noticed they were entering the left wing of the house, where her uncle had said never to enter. Somehow, the light from her candle started to grow larger and larger until it filled up the entire wing. All around her, the murals started to come to life, intricate paintings with colors Shilpa was quite familiar with. They were paintings of... Tajapani. It was almost like she was back there. Then Porvi flew over and landed on something that wasn't there before. Shilpa held her candle up to it. She really must have been hallucinating now. Shilpa reached out and touched it. It was a tree branch. And as the light grew, the branch grew into a tree, which grew into a banyan. A banyan that was almost identical to the great banyan in Tajapani. How could this be? The tree grew wider and wider, and Shilpa could feel the sunshine on her skin and hear the animals start to chirp and hiss and growl. Come follow me, she heard Porvi cry out as she flew through the banyan's branches. The tree was growing up and out of the house. Shilpa swung, climbed, and ran underneath the banyan, trying to keep up with Porvi. She started to laugh. It was the first time she heard herself laugh since leaving India. They finally made it to a little spot where they could both sit. They looked out over the horizon, but it wasn't Tajapani as Shilpa had hoped. It was Freshwater, a town she knew nothing about. Shilpa could see the townspeople and the animals that wandered around, enjoying each other's company, helping one another, going about their daily life. 
it reminded her of Tajapani in many ways. You can see them, but they can't see you, Porvi said. The banyan tree is a secret, and you can only reach it through Singh Estate. But how did it get here? Shilpa finally let the words slip out. So you do talk, Porvi said back. Well, you see, there used to be a Mrs. Singh. Anisha, she died ten years ago, and Mr. Singh has been devastated since. He never leaves the house, and he never has guests. He's let Singh Estate fall to ruins. Mrs. Singh is the one that painted the walls. She's the one that threw the parties. She painted them to look like Dajapani, Shilpa said to Porvi. That's right. That's where she was from, and she missed it desperately. She painted the house to remind her of home, and her love of her village and the great banyan grew so much, the secret banyan came to life in the left wing. She'd spend every day inside of its branches, and Mr. Singh would join her. They would invite their friends from Freshwater to come play inside of it. Everyone loved the secret banyan, but since she died, that's disappeared until you got here. But why? Shilpa asked. Why wouldn't he want to come here? It's too painful for him. He misses her too much, Porvi responded. But just because you miss someone doesn't mean you should just sit there and be sad every day, Shilpa said to Porvi. That makes sense to me, but isn't that what you've been doing, Shilpa? Sitting around and doing nothing, even though you miss home? How did you know that? Shilpa asked the little bird. The other birds told me. They watched you from the window. I came to see if you could bring the magic back to Singh Estate and Mr. Singh. And it looks like you can. Look what you've brought to life. The secret banyan. Shilpa thought Porvi was right, but she was too stubborn to admit it in the moment. They made their way back to the left wing where Shilpa's candle had gone out. And there, waiting for them in the darkness, was her uncle. Mr. Singh! Porvi cried out. It's so good to see you again. How dare you enter the left wing, Shilpa? I specifically instructed you to never enter this area of the house. And now look what you have done. The secret bunion is back. Shilpa's uncle said, ignoring Porvi entirely. It was my fault, Mr. Singh! Porvi tried to defend Shilpa as she flew onto her shoulder. No, it's okay, Purvi. Taya, I followed Purvi here, but it was my decision to come to the left wing, and it was my decision to enter the secret bunyan. Can't you see its beauty? Doesn't it remind you of home? Doesn't it remind you of Mrs. Singh? Purvi interjected. That's exactly why I've banished it. She's no longer here. I leave her work and paintings alone so I can forget them. And you should too, Shilpa. But what if we remembered it? What if we miss them in our hearts and we still go on? Shilpa asked him. She took a deep breath and said, Will you come with me to the secret bunion? He stood there quietly, not answering. Shilpa lit the candle and again the secret banyan grew. She grabbed his hand and she carefully pulled him through the banyan. Together with Porvi, they spent the morning talking with animals and swinging from the branches. Mr. Singh wept with joy, remembering his wife. 
Shilpa smiled at her uncle. She still yearned for her parents, but she would write to them later that day and tell them everything that happened to her, how she discovered the secret banyan that her aunt left her to enjoy. Slowly, things started to change around the Singh estate. The secret banyan was no longer hidden in the darkness. The murals around the house came to life again, and trees and flowers started to grow around the house. The birds, frogs, mice, snakes, foxes that used to live there all came back to live around the house. Eventually, Shilpa's parents moved to Freshwater too, and when she grew up, Shilpa raised her own children at the Singh estate. Now that things are better in India, Shilpa goes back to Tajapani at least once a year. She climbs up the banyan tree with her family, where they sit together, talking to the animals and resting in the cool shade of the Great Banyan. That was The Secret Banyan, featuring Kinza Khan and Abe Walia. Written, performed, and executive produced by Rebecca Cunningham. Produced by Megan Begala. Girl Tales is a Cordelia Studios production. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And grown-ups, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening, and remember, I believe in you.